Welcome to the Transform Sales Podcast, where forward-thinking business leaders come to share their experiences and ideas, learn from each other, and amplify their results together. Hey guys, what's up? It's Amir Ryder with the Transform Sales Podcast, and I got my guest, Ricky Pearl, owner and CEO of the Pointer Group, all the way from uh, down under, correct? Yeah, welcome. I mean, thanks for having me on. Well, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm the guest here, right? Thanks for having all me right, on. Lo- Dude, I love your studio. <laughs> I like the purple. I'm like, relaxed. Yeah, it's my kids. It's my kids' playroom. In, I'm all, I'm all yeah. stressed out. I'm calm because yeah, of the purple. So yeah, the, the, some, the, the first thing that, that Ricky asked me, he's like, "What? What? What, what can we say on this show? Is it PG-13?" And I'm like, "You can fucking say whatever the fuck you want, as long as you help buyers not make stupid motherfucking mistakes and lose money." Yeah. Correct. Yeah, hundred percent. Got to make good. Got to help them make good decisions. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That's what that was about the pre-show, right? That was pre-guide. They can take the curse. I'm like, listen, I rather them hear curse words than uh, lose money because they're just messing themselves up. So uh, tell me a little I bit often about. Joke with, I often joke with people, right? Because I have Tourette syndrome, and always say I have Tourette syndrome, but that's not why I swear a lot. I identify as somebody with Tourette syndrome, so therefore I am. <laughs> we won't even get into there was that. A, there was like a, a TikTok thing I saw where like this guy walked in with a camera. And a girl worked in the camera and the guy's with him. And she's like, you can't record here. And he was like, he's like, no, no, no. She identifies as a camera. Um, so it's okay. And the lady was like, okay, like, welcome to America. Um, kind of a, another different joke. But uh, yeah. so I'm glad we connected. You know, I, I, we, we got mutual friends um, throughout the world, which is a part of uh, the community. That's a great thing where, where I can throw you in a group chat and other people are like, who let Ricky Pearl in? And they know you for a long time. <laughs> it just, yeah. It's a cool feeling because we're all kind of coming together. Uh, how did you get into this business in the first place? What was the journey? Tell tell those listeners um, what mistakes you made that have found you here. <laughs> no, no, fair enough. It wasn't so much mistakes. In I grew up in South Africa. It's a very entrepreneurial culture. Um, I always had my own businesses. When I moved to Australia, all of a sudden, um, the kind of businesses that could thrive in South Africa couldn't easily thrive here. You've got massive wages. You've got a lot of bureaucratic process. Um, you, it's hard to start a business. So most people here land up just moving into a job. But what I found potentially as a consequence was there's a really weak sales culture in Australia. It's very risk averse. It isn't entrepreneurial. And um, selling is, is quite academic here. Um, base salaries are really high, so there aren't um, big commission cultures. Um, and, and for a whole host of reasons, um, sales genuinely str- struggles in Australia because you could be an SDR in Australia or you could go pack bags at a supermarket and earn the same. Like, why would you cold call for a living when you could go get, you could go waitress and uh, or waiter and or pack bags and earn the same? So no one's going to do those painful jobs when there isn't this massive reward. There's like the squeeze towards the middle in Australia. Yeah. And having this like aggressive sales culture and not aggressive in any which way that it's detrimental to the people I sell to. There's just a hunger for growth. No, you say the word aggressive, like call, follow up three times. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> no, I say, yeah, I say aggressive yeah. in the terms of like, here's a great product. Here's a service or a solution that can help the fucking world. Yeah. But nobody knows about it. Well, and that makes know, being, me a little bit angry. Being in Colombia and, and seeing what happens in Colombia, I I'd imagine that like potentially one of the reasons why that exists is because a lot of people move to America, right? So like the, some of the most competitive people in the world move to America and they don't come back, right? And, and, mm. and I think that's on the decline now, but it wasn't where in Colombia, the people who are innovating, they move to Colum- America, they never come yeah. back. 
And, and it seems I like it's the reverse at the moment. You, that that's probably something similar, right? Like the best sellers are like, they get jobs, work lots of P, move to San Francisco and they don't come back. Well, they often immigrants move to Australia. They've got to hustle to make a living for themselves. You know, they, they really got to push hard and are happy to. And there's a lot of cultural differences as well. If you go somewhere in the Middle East, like asking for a discount is just part of a purchasing process. You know, heckling for price is no problem. And so that tension of having some conflict with the person you're buying from is standard practice. In Australia, there isn't that culture. So yeah. asking for a discount is rude. Um, yeah. Now, I'm not saying people should ask for a discount. I'm just saying there's a lot of difference in the they cultures. They should know the culture the they're culture. operating in. Yeah. Now, I saw this opportunity here where there were so many great products, so many great services, that if they just were able to introduce that product or service to more people, they'd be able to thrive. Yeah. Um, I have a passion for helping Australian startups scale, right? We, we, you know, the same way people want to see their national sports team win on an international stage, I want to see Aussie startups smash it internationally. And I have a skill set that's going to help them do that. Obviously, yeah. they can find that skill set in-house, um, but it's a little bit more challenging to get that right in Australia and a little bit more risky because salaries are so high. I want to help Aussie CEOs scale too by helping them find the pointer group too. So I'm 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 a part of your mission now, unfortunately. So you're gonna to have to get bugged by me. <laughs> um, I did work one time with a company called um, Man. It's something with the END, and it's like it's a. Well, I, I should remember if I'm going to bring it up, but they were a cool company, and they're out in Australia. But I think there's also this concept that like everybody's trying to get the American market right. Um, and, and that's something that I saw where it's like almost neglected. So I think, I think for me, you know, I think you're doing an awesome thing because, because it's, it's almost like importing, you know, digital talent and like bringing it all back into, into Australia versus it leaving the country, which, which I think happens, you know, where, well, you know, and I don't made. even mind them. I don't even mind them hiring abroad, right? Like we mostly call in countries. So if we're helping a, country, a company move into the UK, we will have UK reps. And if we're moving into the US, we'll have people in the US calling locally. But yeah. we are not a, a cheap solution that's going to offshore to a place with a low salary base um, so that people no can get more bang for their buck. No sales solution should be a cheap solution. No. The sales solution should your goals. Exactly. I was talking to a supplier last night. who was like, look, this is going to cost 30 grand. I'm like, listen, you know, I could heckle you here for 30 down to 25, but my business isn't about saving five grand. My business is about making seven figures. So how's your... How's the difference in this five grand going to help me exponentially win? And well, also something like, like, I, like I, I would bring it up that like in a, if you're hiring somebody internally and like I'm like I want Ricky Pro on my team and your in my base is 100k and you're awesome like I might pay 120k just to get Ricky Pro on my team, but when people find an agency that kicks ass instead of actually being like yo you, you charge 30k I'll give you 35k make sure a priority they try to negotiate thinking it's helping them it's fucking weird behavior if you don't ask me it's it's strange but. I think that if you find the right OSP that's that's uh, getting hit the goals out, give them a bonus, pay them more. Yeah. Now be their best customer. You're charging thirty k. I'm gonna pay you forty. You know what well, I mean? Like, who does, like, and the truth is, our our market here is we charge the same as the standard rate for an enterprise SDR, as an example. So, which like, is much buying, cheaper because if people know their math of hiring internally, they, which they don't, their taxes, uh, it's forty percent more. Uh, at, at least, you know, they'll say easily. Oh, look, we had a we had a budget. 
for 120, you charging us 120. And then I'll be like, well, what was your budget for data? What was your what was your budget for the ramp time what was your budget for the recruitment fees who's managing this person like are you costing that what about your opportunity but cost you know of this person not succeeding after three months and you having to replace them now you're six months down the line and you still don't have a revenue like there's so many costs to it that people don't account for and i could almost like clockwork when they decide to hire in-house as opposed to working with pointer i could i could literally set a clock for six months from that point to give them a call to say, how's your SDR going? I do and them saying the to me, which SDR? We've had three since then. I do that all the time. Yeah. I do the six month saved reply. Yeah. How's the campaign going? And it's always, it, it didn't go well. I do a lot with science yeah. because, because that's a, that's a big company that, that, that is not part of our marketplace. So yeah. I'm always doing it and it's always negative. It's funny. Um, well, that's a long journey. I, I, I love what you're doing. Love how you got in there. Let's talk about, the people listening to the show, right? People listening to the yeah. show are people that have outsourced before, didn't get the outcomes that they wanted, right? Probably yeah. hired back internally and realized, hey, it's a little bit worse and coming back to outsource again or first time people outsourcing. And like the idea here is that let's learn from the mistakes, right? Let's not learn mm -hmm. from, uh, you know, get crazy AI talent and this and that. And it's doing this. let's learn from like what mistakes people are making because guess what? The listeners can quietly listen in and, 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 and come in to, you know, meet you correctly. That's the goal here. What comes to mind when I, we, when we think about the top mistake that buyers are making when they join you, what's, what's right, what's on the tip. And I know you're well, ready to rock and roll with this one. So I'll let it, you go. It, let me, let me break this up. There's a few different mistakes. There's a mistake they make when they don't hire a pointer like there's a mistake that there are lots of mistakes they make when they're trying to set up outbound and separately there's some mistakes they make when they hire an agency so which one do you want to head off with i want to hear the one that comes to mind first that is most passionate to your heart fine so when starting up internally the mistake they make is they they don't have the talent that understands outbound and when it comes to outbound there's layers of strategy layers of management and layers of execution they usually don't have one of those layers in place. And 10 times out of 10, wherever their deficiency is, that's where they'll fold. They don't have some, they have a strategist who doesn't want to execute. They're not putting in the volume. They have someone who's putting in the volume, but they didn't have that technical configuration set up. And now they're just in the spam folder. Or the um, offer they, even, right? The language is off. The language is off. The marketing messaging is off. The ICP is off. We've had customers that came to us saying, listen, we haven't been winning. We've been targeting you know, series B, series C companies, this is what the metrics we're looking for because we thought they had money and that's who we'd sell to. And we worked through it with their marketing department because their marketing and the sales department hasn't been talking um, and their owners in this case because they thought they were after a different market. And we're like, your product helps uh, bring forward some revenue, for example, but you're trying to talk to people with eight figures in their bank accounts. They don't need uh, short-term cash flow. I like, you know, they had a complete miss in their product market fits and didn't realize this and had been spinning their wheels. And that might sound like an obvious case, but there are so many that are, don't have that product market fit or don't have that product message fit. And they've already ramped up a full outbound process and wondering why this isn't working. So this is great. So, so do you think that if I have summed it up, a lot of people are, are lacking the talent, they're lacking expertise. Like that's just, they, they, they just don't study the material of the business development playbook. They're not reading Winning by Design. The guy Hako lays it out pretty, pretty well. They're not even yeah. consuming the content, right? And then one of the mistakes they're making is, could I, could, it, could I say that they're trying to get an ROI on a campaign before actually doing a market validation campaign? 
Is that something that you so see common? Often they're not doing market validation campaigns or they have done market validation campaigns, but they were doing it from a founder-led. And even if they weren't founder-led, it was still key person-led. So maybe the, the senior business development manager, who is a top 1%, for example, was able to get success. Now they try to scale this to a team. They try to hire people yeah. in underneath them. They got a Ricky but, Pearl on the team and they think they can scale Ricky Pearl, but you can't scale yeah. Ricky Pearl. It only wins if you if you can make it work with the average. If your average salesperson, because don't get me wrong, like we're talking about your average no, pro you scale tennis on player. That's the right way of exactly. Doing it. Your average salesperson has to succeed for the model to work. And their model will only work with exceptional. So they try so they want to hire exceptional people. But let's be honest, like if you want to hire the top 1%, you have to be paying top 1% of the market. You have to have the kind of attributes that the top 1% are looking for. And they want quick progression. They want massive training plans. They want personal development. Like they want a mentor who's a name brand within the industry that they, they can want learn from. Leads. They, want in, they want a whole host of things. And like you just don't have the attributes that a 1% is looking for. That's okay. You also don't want to pay a top 1%. So let's be honest here. What points it does is we will help you build a process and a system that will work with the average. And more importantly, that the salesperson is like the spark plug. Yes, they're the one firing things off, but it's also a replaceable part in the system. It's also a part yeah. that, yeah, that piece isn't working. We can plug it out. Or that piece moves on to another so you have venture. You can't build a company like that. You can't, you can't build system. an organization yeah. that is reliant on even the CEO, right? Like, like I built CloudTask. Like it can't be reliant on a new writer. I should be able to be replaced and improved on 10 times over, right? Uh, 100%. So, and, and their outbound systems rely on exceptional individuals doing exceptional work uh, with all these exceptional attributes, and they just can't find that. Um, and, and it becomes a bit of a challenge. The other thing that the, none of them realize no one realizes how much fucking effort outbound takes to manage. It is a lot. It is an absolute drain. And if your VP of sales is trying to set up, say, outbound and a partnership channel or trying to... Done. No way. Uh, yeah. Or, yeah, they're trying to like mature their account executive sales process and handle, you know, w smooth out uh, consistencies within the buyer's journey. Like whatever the, the leader's trying to do, if they're trying to do that and outbound, guaranteed one's going to suffer. Outbound takes a lot of effort, a lot of hand-holding, um, a I, lot of I management. I want to make a statement, and I want to yeah. see how you feel about it. Outbound drives inbound. Right <laughs> so, uh, how does that make you feel? I feel validated. I feel seen. I mean, like the, some of our clients, the biggest, uh, some of the best deals they've gotten are um, we, you know, try to call someone three times and an answer. We sent them three emails on the third email. You know, we might not have links in the first two, for example, on the third email, they clicked a link maybe in the signature and went through to the website, booked a demo and became a client. It uh, is and to me. So I built cloud tasks from zero to 6 million in revenue ish. All of that bound. Um, this was yeah. 2016 to about 2020, right? Before we started the pivot, all of the business that we have received in the last year and a half during this pivot, to a marketplace has been all inbound. I yeah. talk to people, I find them every day and they're like, you can't get quality without buying And I'm like, guys, I'm like, I got all of this inbound. You know why? It's because I did outbound and people went to my website, got familiar with cloud task and yeah. they behave like inbound too. So it's like this weird in, in between you and me, it's this, it's like outbound and inbound is the same thing as like Australian, Chinese, black, white. It's like the people are trying to like create a conflict 
and they're blind to the fact that if you got a phone call from me or Ricky saying, hey, sorry to bother you, blah, 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 blah here's my website, check it out, meeting, yeah. and you checked out the freaking website and you like oh. the product, let's just say you were selling Porsche 911 Turbos S for 20K, you go to the website and you buy it, they'll claim it's inbound because they're fighting internally and they're fighting for budget. And, none and none of my weird. clients do that. None of my clients do that. Um, I'm very well, lucky. None control, of my clients. Ricky. Well, exactly you. because <laughs> uh, you know I start. I, I get to pick clients, and I also start by saying, "Listen, I'm a firm believer that this SDR function falls a hell of a lot closer to marketing than it does to sales. Like there, has, this is the junction between sales and marketing. Um, the more you go to enterprise, the more this needs to fit under a marketing process. But either which way, I don't care. We, let's just call this a revenue team." Right. And the goal here is to sell your product. It's to help get meetings. There's a whole lot of different goals. But if I call someone and or email them and they land up becoming an inbound on the website, that's a massive win. That's a massive win. In fact, they've they've partially qualified themselves by showing their intention because now they've consumed the they full buy. marketing message. That's how they buy. Yeah. You right? So, that's just so how like, they like, buy. So Amazing. why are buyers coming in and they want 15 qualified meetings? Weird. Why are they paying Google at LinkedIn for impressions? You know, this whole funnel there. We got your ad in front of a thousand people, right? And there's value to it. But when they hire an SDR agency, all of a sudden there's no value to anything besides a meeting and a conversion. Mm -hmm. And they're not even going to call and follow up 10 times to put a good AE on it. Why, why does digital marketing, demand gen, SEO have value on impressions, views, clicks, but SDR work doesn't? Yeah, well... None of my clients do, right? Obviously, we want meetings, but we have to go that one step further. So I'll I'll say this classic line to all of my customers. I'll say, listen, we're going to call 100 people and, you know, one's going to say yes to a meeting. Now, what are you more interested? Are you more interested in that one that's taking a meeting with you or the 99 who said no? That my customers are the ones who are interested in the 99, not the one. So if all you're doing is measuring me on the one, there's lots of agencies who will get you that one for cheaper. If you want to know what's going on with those 99 so that you can turn that one into a five, that's when you want to work with a company like Pointer because that's what your in-house team would be able to do for you by being so close to the markets and so close to your company. We are your in-house team. We, your remote team, is their sales director sitting in, sitting in Sydney, you know, sitting at his home working remotely. I'm doing the same thing. Right. So we're your in-house team. I consider anybody my team, but I pay them money to do something. I don't care about exactly. Anybody. I don't care like, if they contractors, if they're if employees. I pay you a dollar to do an activity. I care about the activity. I don't care about how the engagement is. It's so, I find it strange that people do. I think it's also, well, I think that most, most people just aren't that smart. Right. So in, in Australia, like, there's obvious differences for, for legal reasons. There's a lot of benefits to being a contract having contractors, right? You can fire them a hell of a lot easier. Um, a lot of employment laws within Australia, which don't extend through to contractors. So there's benefit to the company. But at, um, at an emotional level, how you operate with the team, we are genuinely in-house teams. So some of these companies, I'm their outsourced VP of sales. I'm yeah. the one giving them guidance and saying, look, this is where your market is. You're currently getting one out of a thousand, right? If we take that to the, if we scale that up with the, the total addressable market in Australia, this is what we'd be looking at. But if we could turn this from one in a thousand to four in a thousand, you forexing, you forexing your entire business, and it's not a huge tweak. Out of a thousand to attract four versus attracting one, it's not a huge tweak. It might just be a, a slight message, um, 
different. So it might just be slightly different offering. It might be changing your buy, your selling process to match their buying process. Uh, there's like so many little things that could be done. And the companies that we work with need to be interested in that. Because if you're yeah. not interested in that, when they come to me, they're like, listen, I just need 10 meetings. Don't care. I say, well, listen, you can meet my daughter. No, she's six. She's a great conversationalist. You can meet my son. He's four. You can meet my wife. You know, you can have a meeting with my dog. Like, who do you want to meet with? Right? Like if, if all you care about is how many meetings you have, it's this weird uh, well, metric. because it's like you're you're an artist, man. Right at the end of the day, like like you're an artist, right? This is your craft, right? So if somebody's got the money to buy your art, but they don't appreciate what goes into the art, you're going to be like f off. Because this is, I mean, this with with all due respect, it takes to be to be a good OSP owner and a leader. It takes, I believe, a conviction that what you're doing is an art, right? And well, and, I mean, there absolutely is art to it, right? There's a lot of creativity. In outbound, there's more art than art into it. I, mean, yeah. I see freaking but, NFT monkeys getting sold for a million dollars. I would say that there's more <laughs> art in what we're doing than that. But here's the thing: is essentially in outbound, I think the real, the genuine value of outbound, if you're just looking at a full go-to-market cycle, if you're looking at a full sales process, I feel is in the mid-term. Right? Like, yes, you can get some short-term wins from outbound, but the real value is in the the in that in that midterm, you know, what I just they, told everybody some... here, I pivoted yeah. my company and I had inbound for the last 1.5 years because of all the outbound and I've raised $0 and with 6 million revenue. So like I'm a case study. Yeah. I, I, so, I took my own. Yeah. And when companies are coming to me saying, all we care about is the short term win, I'll turn, I'll look at that and say, well, that's fine. That's like somebody saying, Oh, I want something cold. Let me buy an ice cream shop. You know, like yeah. we have this whole big system, we have this machine that generates future revenue and you're only interested in the next six months. I'd say like, uh, you know, there might yeah, be misalignments yeah. here. Yeah, I've, I've had a buyer, I've had a buyer, just sorry, come out, I want to like reinforce what you just said. I had a buyer come in and say, hey, we tried outsourcing sales before and um, we fired them. And I, and I asked, I go, well, why'd you fire them? And they said, well, we didn't get an ROI. And I go, well, why are you calling me now? And they go, well, uh, a customer called uh, about a month ago and turned into a million dollar deal. And it was from three years ago when um, we had this our team. So I'm like, ding, 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 right? Uh, you probably would have had seven more million dollar deals even fired them, right? So it, it, yeah. it's, and the biggest pet peeve that I have with that is that most of the companies that are doing the hiring and firing raise a series A or series B, and they literally have a spreadsheet that says to an investor, Ricky, Give me $10 million. I'm going to spend a million dollars every year. We're going to lose 5 million, 4 million, 3 million. And in 15 years, yeah. you'll make 20X. So they're going to raise millions of dollars by telling people that this is their story. They can't even fucking stick to their plan. They can't even stick to their plan. And it bothers me because I know that yeah. I'm a CEO and I know that if my growth goal is 50% annually and I'm hitting it and my net profit margins are need to be 30%, my gross is 60%, I know that I am firing anybody because I'm on my fucking plan. But these people think that somehow they're benefiting themselves because they're able to fire somebody. I'm like, if you know that a company is taking the message you gave them and sending it in the right cadence to the right person, that's the fucking job. That's well, the job. I mean, Part to be it. fair, sometimes they don't know if outbound is going to work for them, right? Like outbound isn't isn't a solution. Yeah, like don't stay here forever. Every, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it doesn't it doesn't work in every situation, right? And maybe they want to explore that because that's what they think is the best guess of a go-to-market strategy. And we'll we'll help them validate that. Um, 
but you're right. Like if, of, when you find someone looking for ROI in six months on a nine-month sales cycle, you're like, you, and they're I looking can tell at this is going to work. They're yeah, looking at exactly. everything and they're like pointing a finger to be like, yeah. it's it's Ricky at point. You yeah. know what I mean? And it's it's strange behavior. I hope that I hope that we can uh, can help people by just creating content so oh. that they can find the right people. Because Pointer has some know, bragging rights here, right? We've never yeah. lost a client um, for the for the wrong reasons, right? So we've lost clients that have sold so much, like they were a service business, that they can no longer um, oh, this is gonna grow at that. Question. You know, yeah. they can grow at that scale, and they're like, "Ricky, we're full. Like we're literally full. We can't have more meetings. Like we're done. We can't get enough stock or supply of the staff members that we need to provide." Like we got to cool this down. Um, so we've had some things where, you know, where for whatever reason it didn't work. But when companies want to leave us, because we've been completely transparent, they can listen to every phone call, every email. We're meeting with them weekly. You know, um, we're talking to them daily. We're literally more engaged with them and their leadership than half of their other staff members are. So by the t if they wanted to leave because Outbound wasn't working, which usually it is, it's just a matter of perspective, um, I might say to them something like, so tell me, what, are, what do you think you will do differently to get a different result from what Point is trying to do? And why wouldn't you try to do that now with us? And almost always they're like, so I got to take you know, the Ricky Pearl class. What can I hire yeah. you guys for APAC? Well, the whole thing is they're saying, well, we don't know what we'd be do doing differently because this isn't working. So I would then say, oh, great. This gives us two options. You can work with us and iterate the solution to find something that wor that works. If that's what's important to your company, finding a working system, do it with us. At least we can tell you like this definitely won't work for X reason because we've done it a hundred times before, you know, so you'll save half the time in iterating through to success, or we'll be able to tell you pretty quickly, like we've spun our wheels. We've tried this approach. We've tried this message. We've tried this channel. We've tried this market, and we don't think that outbound is going to work. Here's a recommendation for field sales for how you can incorporate more product-led sales, whatever it might be, like this should be more of your go-to-market. So it becomes more of a market validation campaign. And usually, um, you see, one of the things as well, sorry, I'm going off on this like fucking rant here. No, I, uh, I love it. Yeah, I tell people, point is the agency for companies that want to do this in-house, but at the same time want to outsource. So and, we help and that's, that's, you know, that's why, that's what we want, right? Because we, yeah. we as a marketplace listen to what people want and give them specifics, right? There's a, we live in a world where people sometimes are like, oh, I want to hire an agency and then hire people internally and they're, they're quiet about it as if it's some big secret. No, there's agencies like the pointer that are designed for that. That's yeah. what they do really well. Right? That's literally what we designed for. Like you need a layer of strategy, management, execution. You want to, I, I say to all of my customers, you will get this right. Without Pointer, you 100% will get this right because you're a clever person. You make good decisions. So given the right information, you'll make the right choices. So you will get this right on your second turn. To so, guess it right the first time around means prior experience. That's the only way to do that or dumb luck. Otherwise, you will get this right on your second or third turn. Um, if you want to be more likely to get it right on your first turn, here's some expertise that you can bring in-house and we will help you right transition. Sometimes is also getting it wrong, right? Like we live in this freaking world where like getting it right is uh, 15 meetings, you know? Like sometimes getting it right is finding out that your messaging didn't work and that's getting it fucking right, right? Like, like That is getting it right. Now, right? Don't get me wrong. I guys are fucking good at what they do. We're getting meetings. You know, like we just hit a milestone yesterday on however many hundred meetings we've set up within enterprise clients. Like we have clients that are so challenging. We had one client who gave us a named list of 40 accounts to break into. 
40. That's all they had. And in six months, we've met with sea level from 20 of them. And, we, and we're talking, you know, we're talking major enterprises like the big four banks. Like we're talking big companies. We broke into 20 of their 40 named accounts within six months. Like we, we do some incredible work because we're good at what we do and we hire good people and we make good decisions and we use good processes and good tools and good systems. We're not fucking magicians. You know, this is... They this sometimes is want you to be. Uh, that, you know, we all, we all want a bit of magic. Um, sometimes we get a bit of luck, but it's just trying to do the right things the right way. And what we'll say to companies, hey, we help you transition. Like we've got this full outsource solution. We've then got a done with you model where you can take your team members in-house, hire in-house or take our team members in-house. We'll just provide that management and that strategy. Or you can go to a DIY model where you do in-house and you do management and we can just provide strategy. So we've got like a DIY done with you and done for you model and you can flip flop between them as your company needs. Like we will come in, help you find success and then fire ourselves. If you're a service company and you want to break your capacity, you talk to Ricky Pearl, which flows me into your next question. My next question, who, who, if, if someone's listening to this, who is your best ideal partner, client, whatever you call it, they come in, they got a, is it a product or is it service? Is it a low average contract value? Is it a high? Is it, is it pre-revenue? Is it seed? And I don't, I want, I want to hear the best Ricky, because I know that you can that, win them all. And I know that you can do a good job, but right. I want you to retire one day. That's kind of fun. what I want from you. So, so if I want you to retire best. and you got a hundred of the best people, who can I bring to you? Oh, it, it really hard, is. Right? Uh, it really is hard, right? So I'll this tell is you, a, this is a what, symptom of a, of right. a passionate service owner. They, 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 yeah. they, 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 there's no challenge they can't take yeah. on. But so um, we prefer slightly more complicated um, <laughs> markets. So like enterprise mid market sales, right? So not higher your high average volume, value. higher average contract value, not your high volume, but you're complicated. We prefer that. Five, four, then, five meetings per month. I close at 10%. I have a 600% uh, I mean, ROI. 100%. Five would still be probably a little bit low. You know, like we like to no, start enterprise around, around 10. But um, yeah, we're, you should be able to win on five. So when we're delivering 10, you're fucking happy. Or 15, you're over the moon. 10 that like, convert at 10% is the same as five that convert at 20%. 100%. But we like that slightly more complicated, higher average customer value. Um more Am enterprise. I an Australian company selling in Australia? Am I an Australian company selling in America? What's the best? The best. The, the best you is you're an American company looking to enter Australia or anywhere in APAC, um, or you are an APAC-based company looking to enter America. Software? Software? Soft, software is probably best, and you're selling into C-level. Um, you're selling into high-level high management. You're running enterprise sales motions, right? You're using MedPick. You know, um, you, you're selling into buyers who you, it's not a one call close. You know, it's a long sales cycle. Um, it's complicated. You need your multi-threading. You know, you need to have the right people on the accounts making you the right decisions. You need to coach your and not have to worry about SDRs, right? Because if, you, if you're doing both, something's going to give. And that's my big thing yeah. for me when you said that SDR works on their marketing. I'm a sales guy. I was a VP, you know, like that was me. Yeah. It took me three years to be like, you know what? Now I'm on this marketing team. And if you have a high average contract value, your enterprise software, now you can use Chorus, you use Gong. And if you get a, if you have a hundred thousand dollar ACV and you close from a 12% to a 14%, yeah. that's a big uplift. Right? A huge uplift, is. right? Now, Pointer gets, involved, Pointer gets involved in these companies in all different ways. Like we start 
So we like companies who want to do outbounds, but in the ideal world, want to be product-led growth. Yeah. Right. So we'll do product-led sales and help them support that. Like we'll set triggers within their customer success journey that when it gets to this point, whether there's too low of a use, we can make a call to set up a team for their customer success. Um, when it gets to a certain point that's really good, we can set up a call to push it back to the account executive for the upsell. So we reintegrate genuinely hardcore into a company to say when would be the right time to make a phone call to your customer to get an outcome that will impact revenue, whether that's for your customer success or whether that's for your sales team. How can we help do that? Let's build that into your system. Let's build that into your CRM. Anything that you would do in-house, do it with us. We're not a one-trick pony. I consider We're you in-house. Yeah. I consider you in-house. We're a sophisticated sales team that will do whatever is best for your revenue engine. I'm going to so, hire you in the future and call you in-house. Because 100%. Yeah, I, I should change the company in-house. name. We, we, I point just of met you point like of strategy and I already consider you a good friend because right. you're passionate about what you do. Yeah. And I'll tell you something else that I, 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 that I love. Now, this one might be a little bit controversial. <laughs> I love working for teams where the head of growth has a marketing background and not a sales background. Bring it on. That is like my ideal customer. When I see that, like I see a CRO who came from marketing as opposed to from sales or head of growth from the marketing side, where I can say like, you know, now what you're going to appreciate, that what the, I find they appreciate even more is being able to talk to me as a consultant like as their VP of sales, as uh-huh. they're like, they, they running a sales team, but they don't have that sales experience. And so they can be like, my sales team's saying X, am I right or am I wrong? And I can like, you know, be I'm their constant support there. I'm going to cut this part of the podcast out mm-hmm. and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to get it in front of people that meet that profile because that's my job now. Right, I, that's job. Genu- my genuinely my job. It's my job. Yeah, Because I, I feel love like that, I'm helping the people. They can't find you. Well, right? that, now they can. And, you know, and, and it's so difficult because for those CMOs um, or where the SDR falls under marketing or the head of growth or the CROs where they, where they have that marketing background, it is so challenging to understand some of these sales cultures and the bullshit that some of the salespeople can spin up that when they find a partner who's always just going to tell them the truth never hides the good or the bad because what we're selling you is the bad. I'm going to bring up all the bad so that we can discuss and make good decisions based on that information so that we can remove that friction for this business succeeding. They have this like absolute trust and this faith that like, you know, and more importantly, a sales person within the team that they can rely on consistently because their SDR that they hire will leave within six months. Their you know, all of the people that they're like building up. The oh, they're gone. Terrible. they're gone. Yeah, they don't right. want to hear that. They're gone. And they can be like, wow. So like points are for like literally pennies, right? Like we've got our system. I, I, I shouldn't even be saying this, but we've got like the DIY system. Like we're $1,000 a month. And the done what with you system, we're like $2,000 a month. And once so you're like fully outsourcing, you know, we're like 10 grand a month, right? But that includes a fucking person salary. Like we I'm are. Going full. I'm going full when I hire you. You know what I mean? Like we genuinely. Special. You know, like we, we're genuinely cheap for the value that you get. And we're proud that we do a good job of it, that these CMOs and, and these heads of growth will look at this and go like, this is something I can genuinely rely on. Like when I phone up the head of growth and I'll say to them, hey, listen, 
I've been going over these things for the last two weeks and I'm not a hundred percent satisfied with pointers performance, right? Um, what I'm currently investigating is, is the SDR not doing so well? Is the messaging starting to not work? What the market is? Do you want to dig into this with me? Do you want me to dig into this and report it back to you? And they're like, wow, Ricky, like I was happy with how things were going. Like, it's amazing that you're bringing no, up to me that you're not happy with your customers, with your team's performance when I am happy with it. Because real like, yeah. business men and women are not about status quo. They're not. They're, they're about actually calling out their own mistakes and, and calling out mistakes in general. And that's it separates those who are just trying to like float by on a, on a magic carpet ride for those who are actually here for the long run. And, and that's why yeah. I repeat myself, I'm going to hire you and I'm going to pay you 11K. You're going to hold me to that, but it's got to right. be like March-ish time because, you know, <laughs> we got to identify some right ICPs for Flat Test too. And, and um, in, Ricky, APAC, in APAC, yeah. right, it's, it's, a, it's a whole different sales culture here too, right? Every country. I, I don't need to know. I want to just hire you. Fair enough. That, <laughs> that, that's the whole point, right? I don't have to, you don't have to know. I'm going to learn. You're going to like, you want to dig into why we won so much in Australia? And I'm probably going to be like, no, I just trust you. Because <laughs> uh, I, I do. I'm like, at the end of the day, um, it, 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 it's, it's, it's a pleasure to, to have podcasted with you. I think we're going to be producing tons of content to help companies um, selling APAC US companies because it's that they were helping. You motivated me actually to just start like hitting the phones because that's what I feel like I am now. I feel like I'm an SDR for agency owners and the fact that I was an agency owner and I know some, I knew the fact that when someone hired me and they weren't happy, it, it bothered me, right? Like I, I didn't take any victory in a, in a deal signing. I took a victory no. in a customer staying for two years. Right? I don't so, even make profit off a company for six months. Like, genuinely and and i'll say to any one customer like honestly and I'm, I'm not being mean here your account financially does not make a huge difference to me right like any one customer doesn't however what i'm deeply passionate about is your company fucking winning and succeeding and when i can say i helped your company go from here to there that means the world to That's me because your 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 protagonist and prestige is very important to you and you want people yep. to say, I trusted Ricky and he got it done. I'm the same way. And I guess that's why we're both crazy in the same industry. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I kind of understand you fully. Um, like people get, they're listening and they get it. Like your energy is, is, is contagious. Um, if people want to engage with the point, with, with, with the pointer company, where can they find you? Fine. So first of all, you? I mean, there's some great group. There is a, another agency called the point group. Um, they're a good business, right? Um, good friends with the owner. So we point, point co. A, I didn't say the yeah, point Yeah, that's co. point co, right? We, we, we point a strategy and they can just go to pointerstrategy.com.au. They can look me up on LinkedIn, um, you know, Fluff, Twitter, Smokes. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. No, doing mate, this is Australia. Twitter does not, is not a thing. Um, so no Twitter. What TikTok? Link, I mean, <laughs> I'm, on TikTok, I'm on TikTok. I'll have to talk to the marketing team. I think they put some of my stuff on TikTok. But Instagram. Most, um, I spend my time on LinkedIn. Like, yeah. um, I feel like that's, um, I've got a healthy community there and I learn a lot on that platform. So that's where I spend my time. So if you hit me up on LinkedIn, you're going to get a response straight away. Um, otherwise on our website, pointerstrategy.com.au, have a conversation with us. And um, yeah, it doesn't matter where you are in the world. Um, we work globally. We've got teams in San Francisco, Miami, Vancouver. Um, I think we've got someone who's actually just moved to Columbia. When are you coming to Medellin, man? We need you here. Right. We need you uh, I, we'll get I'm Steve so Bird keen. Here too. 
Ah, yeah. We're wow. going to throw, well, go. throw a B2B sales agency conference in Medellin probably in March. Wow. Okay. I've also I've got to hit up Vegas. I've got team members in Japan. Vegas. I got the Vegas. I got uh, Vegas. Columbia. Columbia is Vegas, literally. Yeah. Vegas is just a fucking shithole. I mean, Columbia. I've just got. Well, I wanted to go there for like Sasta or for for Dreamforce. I've got teams in Japan, Singapore. Like, I just got so many places to go just to visit team members. But I want to make it through to Columbia because it's becoming like this this digital nomad startup it's mecca, heaven. where a company can say as a startup as a bootstrap startup will be like, listen, I've got two months runway if I'm in San Fran or I've got a year's oh, runway I, I, I if I no move to Columbia. I moved to Columbia. My cost of living was 35K, but it was the same cost of living as 200K in Miami and I'm in heaven. And now um, that I'm past that point, I'm just saving money buying ETFs and investing in the future and helping, yeah, well, investing in okay. helping great content so that companies that have enterprise products in the States looking to penetrate in Australia can find Ricky Pearl. Amazing. That's well, my, listen, I'll, I'll, I'll come see you there. Otherwise, we'll just keep uh, chatting digitally. And and we got to get you out to Australia, too. It's a bit of a flight. Oh, I'd love but, to. Uh, so I was about to go there, but I got arrested in Japan in the, in the, airport, in the airport for having Adderall and, and, and Xanax in my name in a bottle. So I had a trip to Japan, Hong Kong, Australia, New Zealand, $25,000 of lawyers, almost three years in prison because I had a uh, prescription. I literally had two pills of Xanax to sleep on a 30-hour flight. And I, I was prescribed Adderall at the time because I have ADHD. I, I identified yeah. with that. And uh, that, that ruined my Australia trip. Um, wow. Mate, that's a story a for another time. A that's a story for another time. The government can just fuck you and throw you in a box. So Mate, now oh, luckily, boy. I don't have to take any kind of medication like that. Um, but that is hectic, man. That's a story for a podcast. Yeah, I got lots of stories, Ricky. <laughs> All right. Maybe not time. for a podcast. So, so <laughs> everybody, this is the, the Transform Sales Podcast. Uh, I'm your writer signing off. Ricky Pearl, you're the man. I appreciate you, dude. Thanks Thank for having you. me on.